Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. Let's bridge the gap between your faith and your finances. At Ronald Blue Trust, we apply biblical wisdom and technical expertise to help you make wise financial decisions. Our goal is to help you leave a lasting legacy. In this podcast, you will hear inspiring stories, practical tips, and encouragement from the Ronald Blue Trust family with special guests along the way. Welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. The information in these podcasts is provided for general educational purposes only. It is not intended as specific individual advice. The client's experience may not be representative of the experience of other clients, and they are also not indicative of future performance or success. Opinions expressed may not be those of Ronald Blue Trust. In today's episode, Ronald Blue Trust Chief Mission Officer Russ Crossan has a candid conversation with financial advisor Carol Jakovich. They discuss how biblical financial planning has impacted the lives of clients in all stages of life. Well, welcome to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. I'm pleased to be here today with Carol Jakovich, longtime advisor here at the company, and visiting with you all a little bit about a new book we have called Your Money Made Simple. So, Carol, welcome. Thank you, Russ. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I've been here for just celebrating my 41st year, and I've told people who just got back from a road trip visiting all the Rambu offices and just told them I was excited today as I was 41 years ago when I started because of the fact that we get to implement these timeless, unchanging principles um, with our clients at every uh, demographic level. So I know you've got a lot of experience. Talk about a little bit how you've gotten into financial planning and what you do with uh, your clients. Right. Well, so my background, I started in a totally different field. My undergraduate degree was electrical engineering. And about 10 years into that, um, providentially, God really brought me here. And that's Mm. the cool thing. I found that God really providentially has worked each of our stories into this firm. So I was feeling a nudge to do something else. And I was taking a financial Bible study called Crown Ministries Mm. at the time. And every week I'd come in and I'd say, I need you guys to pray about what my next thing is. You know, I feel like I want to be more involved in God's work directly. I feel like I may want to counsel people, but I don't really know what the next step is. And it just so happened, providentially, Mm. the leader of my Bible study was a partner here at Ronald Blue. Mm. And she said to me, you know, Carol, we are always looking for good financial advisors and you have the math background and the people skills, and you should just come check out what we do. I had never even heard mm. of what financial planners did. And I came here and was just blown away, mm. came for some informational interviews. And um, from there was convinced I would do anything <laughs> to be, have the privilege of doing this job. So thankfully, I um, started at the bottom, came in and studied for my CFP and got the on-the-job mm. training and I've been a financial advisor here for about 21 years. Well, that's incredible. Over two decades, and I know you've done a great job, and it's neat to hear your providential story about how you got here. Mine's somewhat similar. Um, I was a math teacher and a coaching basketball and football, and my father-in-law said, don't sign any contracts. You meet this guy named Ron Blue. He may be onto something. And so put my uh, wife of one year, and I got in a U-Haul. I'd never been east of the Mississippi and came to work for this fledgling startup financial services company. And you know, I used to teach folks math, and now I get to teach them biblical principles. You know, our, our firm verses to instruct those who are rich. 
not to be conceited or fix the hope in the uncertainty of riches, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 19. So I've been in the instruction business now for really 44 years, three in the public schools, and then now 41 years at Ron Blue, but teaching principles about money management. And that's why this book we wrote, Your Money Made Simple, um, the publisher said, hey, can you guys write a how-to book? And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I write. we wrote some why-to books, but I didn't think I could write a how-to book. But then I thought, wait a minute, if I can write what we do when couples come to our house or when individuals come to our house and we talk through their money situation, then I can write that. So we really wrote the book as if you're sitting in our living room and we got a flip chart out. I wanted to call the book the flip chart, but nobody in this generation knows what the flip chart is, so we had to right. call it your money made simple. <laughs> right. But, you know, the, the principles are very, um, they're, they're not necessarily easy to do, but they're not complicated. And so in the book, we try to just make it, distill it down to the fact that if you do these few things, you can be financially free. So I know you've counseled a lot of couples. Talk to us a little bit about how you've seen those principles work. Maybe tell a mission accomplished story. We have a lot of those around here. So you have some things that you've done with clients around those principles you want to share? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of stories. But one that I think of is really recent. Um, you'll love this. So somebody gave them this book, okay. Young Couple About to Get Married. And the guy called me all excited. You know, we, we want to work with you as an advisor. We want to get off to the right start. They were awesome. We did Zoom calls, and they had a mm. huge whiteboard behind them. And on the first <laughs> call, they had worked about halfway through this book. They were great. And the, after we went through a call, and I, you know, gave them a few tweaks and a few things to think about as they were looking at some goals and maybe a little bit different direction on some things, the second call, they had worked through the rest mm. of this book. And it was so helpful to them. I can't tell you how excited they were to know that they were getting off the start of their marriage with a good, solid financial plan. You know, one that was going to help them accomplish the goals God has given them, one that was going to help them stay on the same page and really be Mm. unified. Man, that's cool. I'm really glad you did that. And, you know, that, that warms my heart because we want people on a good path with their money. And at the end of the day, the subtitle of the book is the key to financial freedom, not financial success or financial independence, because I can't right. tell you how to do those things. Right. But as you've experienced with that couple and others, you can be financially free, which is to have options. And it's just sim- simply spend less than you make and do it for a long time. And that's, like I said, easy, easier said than done, yes. but it's not complicated. And the fact that there's only five things you can do with money, I mean, a lot of people will say, really, Carol, only five things? You don't know my spouse or whatever, but there, are more than five, there, aren't, there aren't more than five things. Everything you do with money will be in one of those five categories. And so what we do and what you've done for 21 years and I've done for 41 years is really help people, whether they're a young couple, like you just said, starting out or somebody getting ready to retire, really just really understand what's in those there are five boxes, we call them. You know, they're living, they're giving, they're taxes, they're, they're debt payments, and then what's left over savings. And so that was neat that you were able to help that couple. Now, your daughter just went off to college, right? Well, she's heading off next year. Okay. Yeah, she just got accepted to college, okay. yes. Well, you know, this book, I think, should, should be there for every uh, college graduate because there's a formula in the book that really helps people know how much they need to make. And I have found that I was with a a guy the other day in my Bible study, and I could tell they were having some marriage issues because his income was down, and and he was trying to get his wife to reduce her grocery budget and her clothing budget and all this. But the fact was, he didn't know how much they need to make. Right. And maybe you found that to be the case. You ask people, how much do you need to make? And they probably give you their cash flow or their budget. But, But that's not the right number. We have to help them understand that I've got to make a certain amount that's gross, and then I've got to live, give, and pay my taxes. And so 
it's just been interesting to me that very few people know their number. Based on my lifestyle, mm-hmm. how much do I have to make? And I think for a college kid, for example, getting out of college, the, the apartment they rent, the cars they drive, the vacation decisions they make are all going to drive up how much they have to make. And I think it's important for them to know what's their number. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you will really appreciate, and, and this is the other part of the Providence, why I became a financial planner. A lot of this was drilled into my head when mm. I was growing up. And, you know, my dad, when I graduated from college, before I went off to my job at Texas Instruments, he handed me the yellow legal pad mm. because we didn't have much in the way of computers back no, then. we didn't. You're not going anywhere until you write out your budget. And, of course, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> As I often did with many things he said, I was like, that's right. Show me how it's all going to work. So he made me write out my financial plan. Good for him. He, he yeah. probably knew the formula before I even put it in the book. So, yeah. But now we've formalized <laughs> it. But, that's right. You know, I think, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, just make sure you're understanding what Carol's saying, working with the couple she just mentioned, working with clients as we have for over four decades, we just help people get their arms around their financial situation to make sure they're spending less than they make. And the key to financial freedom is just do that for a long time. And, yes. you know, that's not necessarily making more money. It's just, you know, spending less than you make and doing the principles, diversifying, being generous, getting out of debt, those kind of things. And so yes. do you have any other client stories you want to share with us? I do. Okay, so this, this is really my favorite. So I have this client that came in, and they did have quite a bit of debt. Mm. They, they had assets, too. It was kind of a long story, but back in 2008, when the housing market crashed, they had felt like they needed to move, and they ended up with several houses. So they ended up with a couple of real, mm. uh, rental houses and their main house, and they were just drowning. Mm. Yet, they were not willing to sell the rental houses because mm. the wisdom of the world was like, no, mm. you can't. You know, you're going to lose money. It's not the right time. So we went through a whole financial plan and, you know, I said, I really think you need to sell these rental houses. We need to take the equity, pay off the debt, and then get all these boxes right and go forward from here. So they didn't really like it when I said it. And they called me back two years later and they said, we did not like what you had to say. (laughs) However, we have done this. And we need you to know it has turned our life around. Not only did they get their finances going in the right place, but the amazing thing was they both lost huge amounts of weight, got Mm. their health under control. Because I think what we see is, you know, the finances are so tied into Mm. every part of Mm. us, you know, our physical lives, our spiritual lives. And if it's out of control and, you know, we're frustrated and drugged down by it, Everything is out of control, and they got it in control, and I mean, their physical lives were better, their spiritual lives were better, their marriage was better in just a huge way, and that's my favorite story. Well, we have a diagram in one of our books, Your Life Well Spent, which shows money sitting in the middle of your life, and to get balance in your life and not have any regrets, you need to manage your money, and so I really appreciate what you said about that couple. They really got some peace of mind as well, and I like to say we are a peace of mind company masquerading as a financial services company. And so your story about the debt and paying off the rentals, I've got to tell a real quick story. So a friend of mine in the neighborhood, every every year, you know, I'd say, have you paid off your house? Have you paid off your house? He goes, no, 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 i got to invest the money. That's what the world says, invest. Mm-hmm. Well, here a few years ago, I was driving down the street, and they're out walking, him and his wife, and he said, hey, i got a big bonus from my company. I said, well, are you going to pay off your house? Well, no, I'm not going to pay my house off. 
Well, finally, we got him a Ron Blue advisor. The advisor is finally able to influence him enough to pay off his house. And Carol, what happened was he wrote me and said, I underestimated the psychic benefit of not mm-hmm. having any debt. For sure. I mean, it, it was not a not it wasn't a bad financial decision. He avoided that debt and just like a bond investment. Right. But but he said I'd never understood the psychic benefit that came from paying off debt. And so I think that's another thing we've learned right. is and we encourage our clients, one of our principles is to be in the process of getting out of debt because like you said, the peace of mind factor that can come from that, the freedom. Um, obviously if you don't have debt, your your living expenses go down. When he paid off his home, his his living expenses went down, which meant the number he had to make went down. Right. Which gives him more options. Sure. Yeah, you never regret here's what I tell people, you're free to accept or reject the truth. But you're not free from the consequences if you decide to reject it. Mm-hmm. So that person didn't like what you told them, but you told them truth. Right. <laughs> and then when they, they did it, they um felt good about that. And I think that's what I've learned over 40 years is we all have a choice. We can either, you know, do do what, you know, the principles, or we can keep not doing them and, and have the consequences. So I really love that story. Any other stories are great. I mean, that's what makes this company so fun. Any others you want to share? Yeah. Well, there's so many. I mean, some of my favorite stories have to do with giving. Mm. Okay. Mm. You know, and I know we know that giving releases the bondage of fear, about having enough money, you know, it releases greed when we give. And there is just this spiritual factor that, you know, I can't even tell a person how it's going to turn out, right? If they are obedient mm. to giving, I may not be able to work the numbers with pen and paper on, or on the computer, but I know they're going to be blessed. You just can't outgive God, you and that's can't what's interesting. Because it makes no sense, worldly wise, to give something away. Yeah. But because we live in a country where you get tax deductions, it's kind of a matching program, that kind of helps. And you're right. I've, I've seen it. You just can't give yeah. God. So, yeah, I had, um, this was a couple years ago, a, a woman who, you know, was struggling a little bit with her faith and, and trying to grow. And she was talking about one place she was struggling with was giving. And, you know, it, it was obviously on her heart because we were even talking about it. But I finally just told her, I'm like, you've just got to do that. You know, be obedient to that. And she was scared to death. But again, got a phone call, you know, a couple months later, she said, you're just not going to believe, you know, this is how much I gave. And she listed five things, you know, Mm. a bonus at work, a refund Mm. from the utility company, you know, five things that basically totaled to the same amount. And I mean, stories like that all the time. Well, I bet I bet you've got great giving stories. Can you tell me any of your oh, great giving stories? Well, you know, probably the, the the neatest story is, and I've told this when I speak now a lot, is started work with this this couple over in South Carolina in 1983, okay. and when we came along, they were given seven thousand dollars a year, but they had a single stock in a trust and individually, and so our diversification plan, applying the principle of diversification, was we were going to sell stock but also gift stock appreciated property okay and we're going to start this strategy to get them you know diversified and so his giving went from seven thousand to seventy thousand the very very first year we started working with them wow and now you fast forward 35 years carol and and this 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 gentleman passed away and every year i'd go over and see him in december and we'd talk about giving and he had turned white as a sheet white as a ghost because like really how can i keep giving all this and still make it. But when he passed away a few years ago, the neatest thing was going to the funeral. And one of his sons got up and said, if you were impacted by my dad's generosity this way, stand up. So a few people stood up. 
if you're impacted by my dad's generosity this way, stand up. A few wow. more people stood up. And pretty soon, everybody in the church was standing up, Carol. And it just brought tears to my eyes and mm. gave me goosebumps to look around that church and see all these people standing up because this one man had chosen, like you said, to be obedient to what God said right. and to be generous with what he had been blessed with. And and that was his reward. And, and then we went out to the graveside, and one of the grandchildren came up and said, thanks for working with my granddad. Mm. And so, you know, you really can't outgive God. Uh, generosity is a beautiful thing. You know, to him, much has been given, much is required. And the fact is, I like to give two four-letter words when it comes to giving. You know, our firm verse, First Timothy, says, instruct those who are rich to be generous right. and store up treasures in heaven. And I call that a wise person. And then on the other hand is the is the farmer in Luke 12 who was not rich towards God and was not generous, and he was called a fool. Mm. And so the idea that, you know, I can be wise or I can be a fool, I think is a pretty compelling contrast. And one of the ways we're wise is we do what that verse says, and, and, we, and we give. And we give. And in this book, Your Money Made Simple, obviously that's one of the boxes. Yes. Is we, we encourage people to give, pay their taxes, pay their debt, and then what's left over. By the, by the way, those are three things that aren't discretionary. You have to pay right. your debt, you have to pay your taxes, and you need to give to acknowledge God's ownership. Well, then what's left over, you can save or spend to, to live. And that's so key, what's left over. So yeah. giving first. Giving first. And most, most people come in, and what's first? Yeah, Living they, expenses. They live. Most people, know? they do it in reverse. They right. live, they hope they can pay their debt. Right. Hopefully they've paid enough tax, and then whatever's left over gets given. And so we, in this book, we really we numbered the boxes one through five, and we do them in a specific order for a specific reason. Mm, what do you do yeah. first? What do you do second? What do you do third? And it's just the opposite of what, what most people do. Most people right. live and hope it all works out. Um, the other thing I've seen, I mentioned um, another story, but um, was that couple that he lost his job and had all the money in retirement. So many people default to retirement um, even too soon in their, in their financial sojourn. Yes. So they don't pay off the debt. They aren't generous because they've been told by the world you need to aspire to retire and quit. Right. So you've probably seen some of that where retirement's kind of out of balance. I've, they have a lot of money in retirement, but they have no money. That's right. And you can't buy kids' braces or you can't, you know, buy a car or whatever retirement, with retirement money. Right. So you got to balance. Um, and you've probably seen that with your clients. You see yeah. a preponderance And where does the Bible talk about getting in a hurry to retire? Yeah. I don't remember it. It's not in there. So have you That's seen clients right. that when you meet with them have way more in retirement and not a lot of cash usually. So you never regret. So the idea of having some cash, also when you have cash, you're always more generous. Right. If you have cash, you right. always can meet needs and be more generous. And so, like I said at the outset of this, is that this isn't easy to do. No, it's but not. But it's not complicated. You, you have your income, you live, give, pay your taxes, pay off your debt, get that, get that gone. And then what's left over savings, and then you figure out does it go into retirement? Does it go in personal savings and things like that? So have you seen that when people, to make their budgets work, you mentioned to me earlier that your dad made you do a do a budget and get that yellow sheet out. Um, right. Have you found that it's easier for people to budget when they have cash and liquidity? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah much easier. I mean, they can't make it work when they don't have cash or liquidity because you're never going to hit the exact numbers, right? right? Your car's going to break down. Right. The rock's going to go through the windshield, right. <laughs> whatever happened. Yeah, you've got to have the cash. Yeah, the emergency fund idea and, and having some, some money in the bank is, is just back to the peace of mind factor. And so right. I think if you're listening to this, you know, we would encourage you to pick up a copy of Your Money Made Simple. It's kind of a real simple how-to book. 
with a lot of pictures and um, not a lot of words. But we try we to like that. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of kind of try to cut through to the idea that hey, you know, fill in the boxes, make sure you have a positive savings every year, and and um, enjoy the trip. And I think when you do that, you'll have a peace of mind, existence with money and. Um, so I really appreciate all you've done for 21 years. Thanks for serving Thank the clients you. like you do and for those cool, we call those mission accomplished stories when, like you said, um, the person was able to give, the other person called you back in two years and thanked you for your advice. So that's what makes it so fun. And uh, I've been at it twice as long as you, but Lord willing. Uh, Hopefully be, I'll you, be there you, twice you, as long you, in no time. You, you'll be at another 40 <laughs> years and I'll be at another 20. So Carol, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Wisdom for Wealth for Life podcast. If you are looking for financial advice, please contact us. Please visit ronblue.com. That's ronblue.com. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Ron Blue Trust is a trademark used by Thrivent Trust Company, a federal savings association and Thrivent Trust Company of Tennessee, Incorporated a Tennessee Public Trust Company, separate affiliated entities. Trust and investment management accounts and services offered by Ronald Blue Trust are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other application of, nor guaranteed by any bank or bank affiliate, and are subject to invest risk, including possible loss of the principal amount invested.